Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. On that note, we're going to get into our Boston SEC segment, Abe. And I might as well start right there. Um, I know we have our headliner with Georgia, but I feel like the segue just works too well right here. Alabama is sure. looking to clinch the SEC West. They'll do so uh, likely against Kentucky this weekend. I I think the only way that we don't see this happen for Alabama is if Devin Leary just goes just freak mode and mm-hmm. he just continues to to play at a high level. I mean, he's looked a lot better in this in, in, in recent contests. Uh, maybe he's figured something out. He'll have he'll have to be Superman in this game because uh, I don't think Davis is necessarily going to have the the game of his life. Because Alabama, that front seven, has has really, really done a good job of stifling rushing attacks. Yeah, for me, this is all about Alabama. And it's just about backing up and reconfirming what they showed against LSU. Did Nick Saban actually unlock Jalen Milrow in Mm -hmm. that offense? Is this now that Alabama team we've seen in years past where the defense is a top 10 unit, but you're also talking about 35, 40, 45 points a game? That's what made them so tough to defeat for so long. There was a stretch this season where it's like, I don't know, this team's going to get 24 points in SEC competition. Um, I need to see them back it up. I I need to see them repeat the effort. And and look, Kentucky is much better defensively as compared to LSU. And and so I I think it is, look, I don't think they're in danger of losing this game, but I think it is a good test and a good barometer to just see if last week's Alabama offense is real or if it was a mirage, because if it was real, Georgia has something real to worry about come the SEC championship. Not looking too far ahead for them. They've got some other games in the way, but it's a different discussion. It will be heading into that game. That's what I'm looking for out of this. I expect Alabama to win, whether it's ugly or whether it's pretty, but man, if they drop another 40 spot uh, on this Kentucky defense on the road, I think it is a lookout below situation because they might be, um, right back at the top of the heap uh, in very short order. Yeah, and I think they figured some stuff out of the, on the rushing attack. Chase McClellan just continues to be a steady hand in the mm-hmm. rushing attack. He's been a, a pretty good thing for for that Alabama offense. But you you nailed it. It's Jalen Milrow. Yeah. Um, the offense was only going to go as far as he took it at, at the end of the day. And I think on Saturday, the game against LSU, they unlocked a different piece of his game. 
which maybe he had the whole time, which I'm assuming he, I mean, he really did have the whole time. It's not, I like do wonder if he they wasn't were saving it for, yeah, I was wondering if they were saving it for, for this sort of affair, but boy, they played some ugly close competitive games to, to hold back on it. But it if sure that's, did. yeah, if that's how they played it, kudos to them. Yeah. And, and look, I, I don't expect that Kentucky's going to give them much of a, a, much of an argument here. Um, just because the way that Kentucky plays just sort of feeds right into what Alabama wants to do on offense and on defense. It's, it's a very similar type of contest to what it is when Kentucky plays Georgia every year. Kentucky's a good football team. I think Kentucky would give a lot of teams a, a great game. We saw that against Tennessee. We saw what they did against Florida. Like, yeah. look, we've seen them play at a high level. The, when you play a more, you try to out it's a bad, it's a bad a matchup more physical than you. It, it, yeah. Alabama kind of does too well. What Kentucky hopes to do. It, yes. It's just a bad matchup. And then you add in the talent factor and it's just yeah. too much. It'll be, but it would take a heroic effort from Devin Leary, but I want to move on. Uh, Tennessee at Missouri, a, a, a sneakily very good football game. Not yeah. even sneakily, just a good football game. I'd say this has potential to be one of the best matchups of the week. In a, I don't know about you, but I think this comes down to which team relies on their quarterback less to win them the football game. And that's not a knock on Brady Cook or on Jalen, or, or excuse me, on, uh, on Joe Milton. Because I think they're both good quarterbacks in their own right. I think Milton is he limits what the offense wants to do a little bit more than I think Brady Cook does. But I think it's more just a credit to, to the identities of what these teams like to do. Cody Schrader showed last week that he is a, a force to be reckoned with on the ground. He's 919 yards rushing. He's I believe I want to say he's top 15 in the in FBS. He also has 10 touchdowns. Um he's going up against a, a front seven that allows 99 yards per game. But one more thing on Cody Schrader. I said this on the show on Saturday, College Football Game Time. Find it also wherever you get your podcasts or tune in on the Odyssey app. Every single Saturday morning, we're getting you ready on Sports Radio 92.9, the game in Atlanta. But one thing that he does very, very well in the first halves of games, he's a good steady hand, about three, three and a half to four and a half yards per carry. That yards per carry upticks or ticks all the way up to about six and a half yards per carry. I said that was going to be a big key on Saturday, and it almost was against Georgia, a team that, is very effective uh, against running backs in particular. And he had a pretty good day against probably the best front seven in football. Um, and he's going to have another tough test on Saturday. And on the other side, you have Jalen Wright, who really got taken out of the game when he played against Alabama. But outside of that performance, he's been very good. He's a good player. And I think both of these teams have good enough defenses. Tennessee, I think, has the edge there, which is why I think that they have the edge in this football game overall. But both have strong rushing attacks, and they will want to lean on that and see what the quarterbacks can do. So just don't make mistakes if you're the quarterback. Yeah, I'm on the other side of this, to, to be honest. Uh, I know you mentioned you think Tennessee has an edge. I think Missouri has an edge. Hmm. Um, Missouri proved a lot to me in a loss to Georgia. This is a legitimate top 15 team, which, look, I've seen a lot of top-ranked teams come into UGA, and I was like, I don't really buy it. We saw it with Arkansas. We saw it with Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, to an extent, even Tennessee last year. They deserved to be ranked highly, but they were never the best team in the country. We knew that. This is a legitimate Missouri team. They were very good. Uh, they should have some confidence. And I'll tell you what, I think Joe Milton uh, is in some trouble in this one. This is a very good pass rush yeah. for the Missouri Tigers. They got the Carson back three times. He had only been sacked six times coming in all season for the Georgia Bulldogs in that loss a week ago. I think even a loss, they built some real confidence. Um, the, the one question I would have is Luther Burden. Um, how limited was he in the second half because of what looked like an ankle injury? Um, and does that carry over? Uh, because he only, he looked, he had the touchdown. He caught a two-point conversion, but we're talking 
if my memory serves three catches and 53 yards for all on the what first is, drive. Right. And that that's not going to be enough. If he's healthy, I think he can get after it. Total different ball game though. Uh, if he's limited. And I think you talked to Schrader and the importance there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady cook was very good a, a week ago. And I know he threw two interceptions late in the game as they were trying him out uh, a semblance of a comeback and it didn't happen for him. He's a very good quarterback. Uh, this is a very good Missouri team. It is a home game for them. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I think they can get after Milton and really put them in some tough situations with third and long stuff like that. I, I think Missouri has an edge in this one. But like you said, this is a very legitimate um, top 15 matchup. I'm very excited to to see this one play out. Yeah. And, and, and you talk about implications of, of this game in particular. The winner of this game is assured of the number two spot in the sec east if you're tennessee you have the chance if you win this football game you then have you're potentially hosting georgia yeah coming to coming to neyland stadium the next week with the sec east on the line assuming that they lose so you have the 330 game that's the cbs game of the week and then at seven o'clock that gets into the georgia and ole miss which is the nightcap of the evening which i think is the the game of the week in the sec so let's move into that one because if Georgia loses that game, you have a, a potential winner-take-all in Neyland Stadium up in Knoxville, where I think the the, the, the roof will blow off uh, just because we saw, what, we saw what it was last year when Alabama came up there to go play. But will they get into that situation? Because not even just like that result aside, Georgia has a chance to just put away the SEC East and just be done with it. But coming into town is a very prolific offense led by Lane Kiffin uh, Jackson Dart, Quinchon Judkins, Trey yeah. Harris, a really dynamic attack that can do a little bit of everything. Um, they can do a little bit of everything really well. You know, I mean, you have the, 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 the lethal guy on the outside and Trey Harris, who look, we saw what Luther Burden did last week. He was kind of taken out of the game. They figured out how to, how to beat him. He's more of a slot guy. Trey Harris is more of a guy on the edge. He has a, has a that great size, six foot two. Um, he can really body some people. I mean, he's he scored multiple touchdowns multiple times this uh, this year. I think he had 215 yards last week. I mean, he's just an incredible performer. Uh, Quinchon Junkins is, I mean, if you thought Cody Schrader was going to be a, a, a tough player, Quinchon Junkins take it, takes it to the next level. He might be the best running back in the SEC. And Jackson Dart in particular, that's who I'm zeroing in on in particular because he has the skill set in particular that could really, really hurt a Georgia defense. He can make plays with his legs. He can extend plays uh, and, and really cause some problems and, and reach to the boundary. And then on top of that, he can hit his targets down the field. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's very efficient, and he's got the arm strength to make the plays that matter. Uh, so Ole Miss really, really ha- can, can cause some problems if, for Georgia. Yeah, I don't disagree with too much of what you said, but I will say this. I just think it's a bad matchup. I think the one thing, Georgia, that I'm super confident in their ability to do is stop the run. Um, now, we're talking about Quinshawn Judkins and his run. I'm not yeah. talking about Jackson Dart. And this is where it gets to, as you mentioned, a little bit of a wild card here. It's one of those games. And look, we said we, we said Jaden Daniels had to have it against Alabama. Yeah. He's got to have one of those superhuman efforts. Um, and, and I do think that potential is there for Jackson Dart. I'm not overly expecting it to happen but but there is that potential Uh, it's a tough environment it's on the road Ole Miss I do not trust on the road uh and I just think it's a bad matchup I I will say this 
Ole Miss can really get after the quarterback on defense. And I'm interested to see with 31 sacks on the season what they can do against the Georgia um, uh, protection scheme that did allow three sacks a week ago. And look, you get some sacks, maybe one of those turns into a turnover. Maybe it turns into speeding Carson Beck up over the course of the game. That could turn into an, an interception. Stuff like that matters, even if it's not necessarily on the stat sheet. I am interested to see how they do defensively. I have some real concerns about Ole Miss being able to crack the, let's say, 24-point barrier. Um, and it's going to be very tough at the, the rate that this Georgia offense is humming with or without Brock Bowers, which is its own little discussion. Um, yeah. I don't see them being held under 24 points in this game. So it's going to be very interesting to see how high uh, Ole Miss can get. And, and And I agree with what you said. It's got to be Jackson Dart. And it's got to be him with his legs. Um, And I know that's like a cop-out answer for like every running quarterback has to do it with his legs. But like there's a reason they're running quarterbacks. And there's a reason that he has this many rushing touchdowns, seven of them on the season. That's how he beats teams. It went away against Alabama. It wasn't enough. You know what happened? They weren't even competitive. It was not a close game. Um, Mm -hmm. He's got to do more of that against Georgia. Or I expect a very similar situation on the road. Yeah, and really, that's the biggest thing. I mean, it all—that's what it comes down to. It's Jackson Dart. Yeah. Um, Brock Bowers. I will say, I just want to, for the record, as of right now, as of the recording, uh, Wednesday evening, uh, Brock Bowers is practicing. Just Brock are, Bowers are, has a right. good we, shot of we, playing. We've seen all the articles. Just gut your gut feeling, because I don't think he's playing. I I think he's going to play. Okay. He will he will suit up. He's not going to be a major impact no, type of, of player. In um. Dogs, Dogs HQ insider uh, Rusty Menzel tweeted uh, at one point. He said, "If he suits up and plays on Saturday, that would have been 26 days post surgery." And and Tua was back in 20. Tua Tungabailoa, yeah. he had the same surgery. He was yeah. back in 27 days, and he was starting quarterback for that for Alabama. No, the timeline is fair. Like it, the timeline it's makes sense. I just don't also, think it's also superhuman. It. Let's put it that too, way. It's too just big put a that risk, in my opinion. That's all. It's it may not be worth it, but yeah. he might suit up and play. That doesn't mean he's going to be a major factor in, in the game. He might just do it just to get some reps and then get him out. Right. Fair uh, enough. But we'll see what happens there. The last thing I will say on this game, this is going to be a massive game with major implications to top 10 programs. How does Ole Miss look on the road? They have not been a very effective road team. Yeah. 25 points per game this year on the road versus 40.2 at home against FBS opponents. Yeah, I'm not including stat. that Mercer game where they go off and scored that's 77 points. I'm not yeah. including that. 40.2 at home versus 25 on the road. I got to see more. I got to see more. And a lot of that has to do with the eight penalties per game for 62 yards on average. That is, You do that against Georgia. This is not a Georgia team that's going to beat itself. They do force right. you into making mistakes. And you do that by getting behind the chains, not allowing Quin, Quin John Junkins. That's where he's very important in this. Stay ahead of the chains because I think this is going to be a four down offense for Ole Miss. You get into plus territory, they're going to be attempting. for. They have four attempts. They're not punting. They're not kicking field goals. They understand how this game is going to be. They're going to need to score points. Uh, it's just kind of the guy that Lane Kiffin is just in general too. Uh, but you can't do that if you're having penalties. You can't do that if you're turning the ball over. And I just need to see more from Lane Kiffin and company. He has not been very effective in these massive games with big-time implications. Maybe that game against LSU was where they turned a corner. Because that was really the first game that I think we saw Ole Miss 
show up in a big time game that everybody had their eyes on it and were watching and Lane Kiffin and company showed up and played to the highest level. Uh, now you're not going to beat this Georgia team. If you're allowing them to score 45 plus points, right, right? That's not happening, but can he win this style of play? I don't know. We haven't seen Lane Kiffin do it. The time that we saw him this year, he goes on the road, plays Alabama, loses that game 24 to 10, but we've never seen Lane Kiffin versus Kirby smart. So this is going to be a first edition of that. I think it's going to be very interesting to uh, Nick Saban apprentices playing each other for the first time. So I'm very excited to see that game. Abe, did you have any more thoughts on this one? Just before final thought in, in regards to Georgia. At some point you have to stop denying their resume. Uh, if they win this game, they're jumping Ohio state. We'll get more into oh, that in the Mondays. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about that on Monday's uh, episode of college football over time, but at some point uh, enough with Ohio state's two wins, Georgia's resume is building and, and continues to build if they are able to win this game. I, I will contend that right now they're the best team in the country. I think they have an opportunity. I still want to see just like last week. I but just like last it. week, they have a good, a great opportunity to, and they're playing at home. Yeah, they're playing at home, and I think that the crowd's going to be in it and be a major factor for them in this game. Vanderbilt at South Carolina. I don't have too many thoughts on this game, just in particular. South Carolina looking to get bowl eligible. They need to win out down the stretch. Um, they they had a bit of a stumbling block last week against Jacksonville State. Uh, but they overcome that with a strong fourth quarter performance. I, I don't foresee too many too many issues with Vanderbilt this week. Uh, do you have any thoughts here? I don't think Shane Beamer's getting fired just yet, but lose this game and we'll find out just how hot that seat gets. Uh, that, that's all I'll say. Last week, as you mentioned, was not a good look. This is just another game. If you want to keep your job, you have to win this game at home against Vanderbilt. Uh, as simple as that. Yep, yep, absolutely. And Auburn and Arkansas, both teams coming off of big wins. Yeah. Um, I think they're trending in different directions per se. Um, I still don't know if Sam Pittman has job security over there in Arkansas. Uh, I think of any coach right now, you talked about job security uh, with Shane Beamer. I think Sam Pittman is the hottest seat in the yeah. SEC right now. Yeah, sure. You cannot afford to lose a game to Auburn right now. This is an Auburn team that is, this is going to be the worst that they're likely going to be over the next couple of years. Right. Uh, Hugh Freeze still doesn't have a quarterback. I'm still not fully convinced. The defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, did you learn anything from, from Arkansas last week? Yeah, I think they're, they're simplifying things on offense. Obviously they switch play callers, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And, yeah. and I think they're letting KJ Jefferson be KJ Jefferson. You did get a couple of appearances from rocket Sanders who had been hurt for nearly a month. So I, I do think they're, they're working through some things. Is it enough to be competitive mm -hmm. in this game? I'll be honest, Garrett. I think it is. I think this is a Arkansas team that is fighting for their coach's job um, and for some certain players fighting for their legacies. I mean, there was a time where KJ Jefferson had a legacy that could have been discussed as among the best uh, in Arkansas history. He was trending that way. And now it's yeah. trended the other way. Um, you know, but I liked what I saw from Arkansas. Obviously didn't like the Florida aspect of it a week ago, but I did like what I saw from Arkansas. They did look better on offense. Now it's just, whether that carries over to a second week. Yeah. And, and both teams are, are really looking to make a statement up uh, on this yeah. win or this week. Um, how are they looking as far as, let me look at this. I need to, I should have had that ready before I had made any statements. Uh, Arkansas would need to win out to reach a bowl game, which if you do that, I think we might have it. I have a different conversation. If you're saying Pittman, just, to, just based off of the turnaround alone, uh, Auburn, one more win, and they will get back into bowl eligibility. Uh, they missed it last year, uh, obviously, with the the firing of your head coach and, and everything else. But I think you freeze. If you get your guys back to, I don't know, a 7-5 and five record, which I think yeah. is 
very well within striking range. That's a slam dunk of a first season if you're Hugh Freeze, right along the lines of what we predicted here on this yeah. show. And that's a great first season. But if you're Arkansas, you're you're just scratching and clawing right now, trying to fight for your jobs and really the rest of your season. So um, Auburn has nothing to lose. Arkansas, not quite so much, but it, that should make for a very interesting football game. Uh, but you mentioned the game last week, Florida. They're going on the road playing at LSU, the number 19 team in the country. I'm very interested. I'm more interested in what LSU, I'll let you speak on the Florida side of it. But what if Jaden Daniels doesn't suit up? That's what the if question. he is sidelined? Yeah. And I think that's really the biggest question mark. Garrett Nussmeyer, I, we've seen him in spurts. He reminds me of what DJ Uyunglele was for Trevor Lawrence in short appearances and in, in short bursts. He was th- he came out of the field and throws for 500 yards. Just looks like a freak of nature. He You saw him in the SEC title game when he came in and spelled a, a, a banged up Jaden Daniels against Georgia. And I think that was had as much to do with Georgia taking a foot off the gas up 40 points or something at the time. Uh, but he looked good, and he, and he has shown the ability to throw the ball down the field very effectively. And I think you've got the tools on the outside to really cause some problems. I don't really see a massive step back necessarily, at least on a week-to-week basis. I mean, Jaden Daniels, of course, can do everything with his legs, and that's really the biggest boon for the offense just in general. But Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be able to do everything with his arm and then some that Jaden Daniels can. And then I also want to watch the rushing attack, Logan Diggs. He struggled last week, 24 yards on the ground. He, that was one of the biggest reasons why they struggled down the stretch in that game because Jaden Daniels had to do everything, and that's why he got banged up eventually down the stretch. You can't take that many hits. I know we're not going to discuss the hit on this podcast, not here. You've done enough of that. We've, we've seen enough of that on social media. We're not going to do it here on this podcast. But I wanna, I'll, I'll leave you to the Florida side. What does a win mean for them in this game? Yeah, well, obviously a win is is – because of losing a week ago, their bowl eligibility is at real risk, um, which would look, I don't think we're putting a nail in a coffin. Uh, I'm not on that boat in, in terms of Napier, but you've got Missouri and Florida state still on the schedule. Uh, you had to find a win somewhere. It should have been against Arkansas. We discussed that and it wasn't, uh, I disagree with you about LSU. Um, I think this is all about Jaden Daniels. Uh, if Jaden Daniels plays and is, is himself, I don't think Florida has a shot. I think they have a shot with Nussmeyer. Um, I, I really do. Uh, now, look, there's also a world where Nussmeyer, as you said, flips it around to neighbors and Thomas and forget about it. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. But yeah. there's also a world where Florida can get after the uh, the passer uh, a good bit. There, there's a world where they're able to uh, limit limit uh, the rest of the offense. And I think just the confidence, like mentally, I know players and coaches never admit like, we don't think we can win this game if so-and-so plays. There is that. Like, like it's human nature. Sure. For Florida, if, if Jaden Daniels plays, I don't think you can win this game. Uh, if it's the other way, though, I think there's a confidence level um, that could come from facing a backup quarterback that could boost their opportunities. Um, so I, I think it's all about Jaden Daniels. If he plays, LSU wins. If he doesn't play, I think for both sides, game on. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, what time is that one coming on? Is that the that game's at seven thirty SEC? Seven thirty. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 So that's but we've seen crazier things, crazy, crazy things happen in this rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. we had a shoe shoe gate at one point. That was probably one of the the more okay. interesting things that that have happened in college football over the last couple of years. Um, but look, this is this should make for a very interesting contest, just in general. Last one in the SEC, and then we'll move on to the ACC. Mississippi State at Texas A and M. 
Texas A&M is a different team at home. I think they're playing a team that they should absolutely beat uh, in Mississippi State. They've always played better at home. That's really my biggest thought there. They should they should win this one pretty comfortably after just a, a really frustrating loss last week. That was just a tough game for them just in general, but they should they should handle this one. Yeah, it's it's interesting that we were here. I, I thought that AM maybe would go the other way, depending, but um it's just another game where Jimbo is just holding off the outside noise. I, you know, you should be able to win this game and, and you don't have to hear that much about job security yeah. for another week. I think that's what happens this week. But uh, you know, I think he's actually considering where I thought this season could go for them, he's done a pretty decent job of of holding off. Uh, all that stuff, especially when you had to deal with a a midseason quarterback injury and and using mm-hmm. your backup the rest of the way. So yeah, I mean, they're currently sitting at five and four. You win this game, you're six and four. Abilene Christian, you better not lose that game. So seven and four, you're looking at an eight and four potential. But you have to finish on on the road against LSU in Death Valley, and I, that's going to be a difficult contest for them, just in general. But you should win the I, you should win this game, and I, I think you nailed it pretty effectively. He staves off elimination and he can get into next season. And then now he doesn't have to play in the, the vaunted SEC West. Uh, now you do have old rivals coming into town, Texas and Oklahoma. That's for next year's discussion. Yeah. Really let next year be right next now. year. He's let, just let next year be there. next year. But he's, it appears to me that he has staved off elimination, yeah. at least for now. Mississippi State, though, they are trending in the wrong direction. First year of Zach Arnett, they really just don't have an identity. To me, I, I don't know who right. they are. You've lost back-to-back weeks of just mind-numbingly tough football where you just haven't been very good. You have Kentucky at home. It was just an ugly game. I, I watched a little bit of that one. And then you have the road game against Auburn, which I thought was really your best opportunity to get a win outside of the obvious one where you travel to beat Arkansas and probably the ugliest football game of the season this year to this point. But you won 7-3, to three, so that's all that really counts.